Hello, podcast listeners. You are listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. It's our news format for January 6, 2014, a Monday. A very frigid Monday here in the Chicagoland area as I sit in my car waiting for it to warm up as it angrily started up at me. Uh, probably had something to do with the, uh, you know, uh, starter and whatnot. Eh, whatever. Uh, let's move into the top five. <laughs> So, um, I'm going to go away from our latest run of looking at the top five cards of a set, and since new promos dropped last night, I thought I'd do a top five of each of the promo lists. So, let's start with my fifth favorite from first edition. So, I'm looking at the list here... And I think I'm going to name my fifth favorite as DNA Clues. It's a fairly round card, uh, useful in some decks. I don't think it gets much play anymore, probably because of Dr. McCoy. Maybe, maybe not. Medical Drain used to be pretty good, although the new medical crisis requiring a nurse or two medical and whatnot, that's a good card too. So teaming that up with that, yeah, it's a pretty reasonable card. Number four, let's say... Uh, GOM2 Shockwave. Yeah. So, it's already... It was a printable card already, so I'm not too thrilled about that. But since all cards will be printable at some point, or so we're told, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's a great image, and I do like the image on the 2E, and it's kind of cool that they're using the 2E image on the 1E card. Number three, uh, Ducat. He was definitely harder to get, uh, and... I don't like the image on the new one, but I'm okay with them making a promo of Ducat. It makes sense, given everything. Number two, we'll go with Evade Borg Vessel, just because it's going to be pretty in foil. And this is an exception to the I-don't-care-if-it's-already-printable sort of thing. But it's a very pretty card, and it has some generic uses in many decks, so that's good. Number one, uh, Yeoman Rand, actually. I find her to be very useful to have in any of my 1E builds that revolve around the TOS guys. So she's just pretty good and gets me another five points, and I'll take it. All right, that's it for the top five today. We'll do the top five 2E promos next time. And I may just do a sit-down review of all of these on my way home tomorrow. So we'll see. Let's move on to the news. So there was three news articles that came out last night. New promo kits are available, so go buy those. $30 a piece, probably worth it. It's about a little more than $3 a card, so if you want to recoup your losses on it, well, that's what you're going to have to charge your players. But, uh, eh, uh, I'm just happy to have people come out to my tournaments, so I'm happy to eat the cost of the tournament kits. Return to Farpoint Tournament Series announcement. So this is kind of like Talos, the Return to Talos 4, 1E events that were done online for first edition. And now people are going to be able to return through second edition's history, starting with the premiere set. Daniel Madison is heading this up, host of Assimilate This, 
If you haven't listened to his show, I suggest you do. Anyway, so I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of that format. Uh, it looks like they're just going to be doing, um, was it a uh, 14 tournament series? But they're mixing it up along the way. So, uh, or was it 13? Anyway, uh, you should definitely check that out if you are an online player or even if you have been a 1E player looking into starting 2E. Uh, 2E plays faster online as well, so if you are in a time crunch and you just want to play some Trek of some sort, I definitely suggest checking this out and getting to know what's going on. It's very interesting to see 2E evolve over the years, uh, coming from a player, myself, who uh, started playing 2E when it just started and then gave up and came back. It was a whole new game by the end of this the run, so... Uh, let's move on. I have no forum matters for this week, so I'm going to move on to the philosophy segment. Well, uh, we've reached my favorite part of the show, and I thought I would take a moment to discuss, um, promos versus... Uh, promos from, say, Decipher era versus the promos of the Continuing Committee era. The the reason I want to bring this up is uh, people, you know, there's there's a lot of controversy uh, controversy over what cards become printable and what don't, and what cards are promos and which aren't. And uh, the Decipher promo era was very interesting. Uh, the the most uh, the most interesting ones I think you know promos for first edition started to really become a thing with the tournament foils that for first edition when uh, near the end of the run they started making promos of uncommons and foiling them and if you won one and you sold it on eBay you could make like a hundred bucks and uh, that's not the case anymore those promos have become fairly easy to find and they cost a few dollars but. Those the, the promos were an interesting way. Uh, prize, prize, uh, the prizes that players could earn uh, from playing first edition started with I think it was a box. They'd give you a uh, they give a tournament director a box of Q Continuum, and I think at first it was a box of Whiteboard or Premier, and you'd give out these packs to players and say thanks a lot for coming, and that kind of became boring after a while. So they started I think they continued to send those out. And then started making these foils. And foils were popular. Usually they'd give two, and they'd give one to the winner and one to a random player. I think the tournament director was allowed to distribute them however he wished, though. And it was just a fantastic way for uh, players to kind of... (laughs) I don't want to say recoup their losses on this game, but since they were so valuable, if you won a tournament, you could just go to eBay and and turn it around. And during that time, I had no... It was very hard for me to win uh, any sort of tournament. I don't recall ever winning a tournament foil until when they were very unvaluable. Um, So I guess that's not... That's kind of beside the point. What I wanted to talk about was why the, the choices Decipher might have made for certain cards and the choices the Continuing Committee makes for their promos. So Decipher picked Uncommons, and I think some commons, I think Paler Toff was common, Q's Tent was common. So it, they picked cards that weren't rare, so that in, in that regard they would, you know, 
there'd still be some value in buying uh, packs. And well, these were rare enough so that uh, the foils were rare enough so that if someone was able to collect, or you couldn't necessarily collect so many that buying the set they came from was impractical. Uh, that never really came to be. So it, it's it was it, it it wasn't designed to get cards in the hands of players who needed them. It was designed to make interesting foils out of interesting cards that weren't rare. I think that was the the best way to put it. Uh, Decipher then started to make, when second edition came out, they started to make rare cards into promos, starting with the first tournament foil set. They took promos, or they took rares from the first set and started to make started to make them into tournament foils that players would earn for winning tournaments. And they also continued the trend of making certain uncommons and commons into foils. And there was just a lot of... Uh, the, the foils in the second edition era just... They're uh, really... I, I think they tried to make cards they thought were popular into cards that... into promos, but they didn't always do that. Like in the Pare's Wake, I don't know if that was a very popular card, but maybe it was just an interesting image. So uh, I like what the CC is doing, though. So so we get Decipher kind of wanting to make cool cards into into foils, and the CC at least for a while it looks like they were just trying to make hard to get cards into uh, foils because this was a way to get cards that were hard to get into the hands of players. And that's fantastic because after six months, those cards have become printable. You could just print them out and put them on any card as a backing and simply add it to your deck. So uh, now, now that the, the, I guess the, and the reason for that was uh, Star Trek uh, actual sealed products have started to become sealed and to some extent the singles themselves are starting to get more rare. So the CC's objective was to just get cards into players' hands that would be interesting and useful. So with all cards becoming printable, that kind of equates to the same thing as Decipher had, where essentially all cards were somewhat available. If you wanted to get cards from a certain set, save for maybe Blaze of Glory, uh, you could go out and grab, uh, buy some boosters of that. So they were making foils out of cards that were simply interesting. And now I think we're going to see the CC sort of dip into that philosophy of picking promos. They're going to want to pick interesting cards, maybe cards with interesting images, and probably continue to make foils since, as far as I I can tell, it's their primary way of earning uh, money for uh, maintaining the site. Of course, it's a nonprofit, so... Um, no funny business going on, hopefully. But, yeah, I think we're going to see just more interesting cards and more uh, a kickback to the Decipher era. Now, this this last set of promos uh, looks like a, a small, uh, a little bit of interesting cards mixed with hard-to-get cards. And I think we're going to see a lot more of just interesting cards coming up as the principal policy comes up. So I'm not sure if I'm really expanding upon uh, new and unmarked territory <laughs> that's been discussed before, but that's at least my take on 
what's going on in the uh, promo area of the continuing committee at this moment. So to wrap up the show, I just want to say, remember that this is an open show where you can submit ideas and submit anything you really want by giving me a call at 267-CALL-CPJ and leaving a voicemail, or by emailing me a snippet of something interesting, maybe two to five minutes of whatever tickles your fancy as far as Star Trek CCG goes. And you can email that to me at CorbinJohnson at me, that's CorbinJohnson at M-E dot com. All right, until next time, I'm going to sign off. Uh, We will probably record an episode tomorrow discussing the promos, and then Wednesday pick it up again with hopefully a better put-together news format episode. Until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. To find out more about that license, visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash sa slash 3.0. Our theme music is Space Ace by Mark Teicher. Other songs included are Inspiration and Mission Briefing by Mark Teicher. Our outro song is Teleporter by Dungeon Kimura. You can find out more about these artists at jamendo.com. J-A-M-E-N-D-O.com. And each of those is released under the same or similar Creative Commons licenses as this podcast.